Welcome to the 2SER Book Club, where every week we open up a new book and help you discover something to read, no matter what you taste. Here's Andrew and Alex. It's time for Book Club. Andrew, you're here. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, Alex. Um, yeah, I am. Alrighty, bestow it upon me. Okay, well, so today I've brought in something that I actually, I read over the summer. Okay. And like, I mean, not the summer we've just left behind. Is So... We've just summer's just left us last week. Thank God. But I mean, I just don't mean I don't mean I just read it over that three month period that we call summer. I'm talking about that kind of mythical idol of the mind, where you know work kind of hits pause for a few moments and you feel like anything is possible. So of course, <laughs> so of course I read, and this is the time that I love to read because you can truly get lost in the world of the book, you know, with minimal interruption from your own world. So the book I've brought in for you, I also I have a hidden agenda. Okay. Vicky Wakefield's This Is How We Change the Ending is this remarkable YA novel, and, and YA is it stands for young adult. Uh-huh. Uh, but don't don't tune out if you don't feel like you're a young adult, uh, because this young adult's got something for everyone. How remarkable though, you may ask. Well, This Is How We Change the Ending has actually made it onto the long list for the 2020 Stella Prize. Oh, wow. Which was announced uh, about a month ago. Uh Uh-huh. And yes, regular listeners will recognise that this is the time I'm going to talk about the Stella Prize. The Stella is a literary award that was started about eight years ago to celebrate amazing women writers in Australia. And that was at a time when dudes were taking up the bulk of literary award space noms and and also taking out the top gongs. Mm. The Stella Prize shortlist will actually be dropping this week on Friday. So, this is your timely reminder to check out all of the 12 books that got the nod, including Vicki Wakefield's This Is How We Change the Ending, uh, a worthy inclusion. So, centering on the story of Nate, we follow, we follow Nate as he cycles between school and the youth centre, just trying to get by and keep his head down. At home, he shares a room with his twin three-year-old brothers because his dad, Deck, needs Nate's room for his uh, horticultural business. Right. Oh, you, you just winked at me? Okay. I know. You, well, I've, I've written in my notes, notes asterisk, wink, <laughs> so that people know horticultural business, asterisk, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're supposed to read that bit up. Um <laughs> So, Nate's stepmom, Nance, is barely older than Nate, and she's been systematically cut off from the world through Deck's control and his refusal to parent in any way. School feels like a halfway home to Nate on the journey to adulthood, a situation not helped by Nate's mysteriously burnt-out English teacher who seems determined to inspire the kids through the power (laughs) of words. And to cap it all off, Nate's just discovered the youth centre is facing closure and there's little the kids who need it most can do. Nate's got plenty of ideas, don't get me wrong, his notebooks are full of his writing, but Nate has no power and hence no hope. Then one day, someone sprays a youth centre wall with poetry stolen from Nate's journal, and he starts to realise he might have something to contribute after all. This is how we change the ending. It explores life outside the usual script. Nate and his friends are all sub- are subject to all manner of attempts to inspire them into this sort of middle-class consciousness, but Nate knows that this isn't the world he's been born into. Nate's buffeted by forces surrounding him. He feels like everyone has just a little bit more power than him, and so he can only safely exist through this vigilant observation of his own mediocrity. Uh, this is how the change. This is how we change the ending. Really stood out for me through the ways Vicky Wakefield explores masculinity and challenges his accepted and dominant notions of being a man. Nate knows it's coming that he will somehow transform into manhood, but he doesn't yet know what that will look like, and he doesn't exactly like the choices on offer. Uh, we see Nate's. 
Nate's struggles, they're really clearly juxtaposed against this sort of relative power and notoriety that his dad enjoys. Mm. Deck runs things in the family, and it's not hard to miss that he is a great A asshole. <laughs> Language warning. <laughs> Using these like overt and covert threats to control the family, Deck leverages muscles, status, and financial control to keep everyone in place. And Nate's plagued by this question of his genetic heritage. He's grown as tall as his father, but he doesn't yet have that sort of wiry strength uh, that Deck flexes just through his very presence. Could he stand up to Deck's threats? Nate is never even sure if this is the way that he would choose to be in control. The narrative explores the many way boys are confronted with masculine stereotypes and the ways that they choose to engage with them. It's an uncomfortable journey as we sit alongside Nate and realise that there really aren't great choices when it comes to being a man in this world. But that's the challenge of the title, isn't it? Mm. Nate is on a mission, whether he knows it or not, to change the ending and become a different sort of man. I love that so many uh, so many readers will discover this book through its inclusion in the Stella Prize long list. And I hope that many of them will be young men and, and hopefully also maybe some of the older men in their lives as well. Yeah, I mean, I lo- I mean you can definitely tell why it was picked for the long list, can't you? I mean, it, like explore- exploring masculinity and toxic masculinity notions are so important in our lives today. And to do that through like a novel is mm. an incredible feat. It's yeah. I mean, and this this feels like a, as I was writing and preparing for this, I thought this is a really timely time to be talking about this. And I had a whole yeah. I had a whole thing where I wanted to go into some of the the stories of the absolute just horrific stuff that is going on. Yeah. Um. And the and also the apologism that we see for especially when they're they're white men yeah. who seem to get this get this like free pass in the press. And then I realized well. What's the point in in highlighting one incident and, and pretending that that's somehow an aberration? This happens all the time. It does, yeah. And it's so important then to to be constantly engaged. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. Absolute pleasure. I can't wait. That's it for this episode of the 2SER Book Club. The 2SER Book Club records on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Alex James and Andrew Popel. If you want more books from 2SER, why not check out the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast or the Death of the Reader podcast. You'll find those and other great 2SER podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. My name is Andrew Popel, and I will be back with more books for you on 2SER next time. Till then, happy reading.